Welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where the pastors get together and talk about what's coming up in worship, maybe have a little fun along the way. I'm Pastor Steve, and I'm here in the podcast studio with... This is Pastor Megan. What? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is Pastor Brandon. That's Pastor Brandon. You have way too much facial hair to be Pastor Megan. <laughs> Oh, we're off to a good start this morning, everybody. Yeah, Pastor Megan is not with us today. Uh, she's doing important synodical work this morning. It's like she's a lead pastor or something. We appreciate her very much, but we're going to miss her. Uh, here we are uh, talking about our worship series that we're in called I Am during this epiphany season where Jesus is revealing Jesus' identity to us more and more each week and in the Gospel of John. And I just love Gospel of John very much, having mm -hmm. so much fun. Last week, Pastor Brandon taught us about the healing of the man at the pool mm -hmm. in the city of Jerusalem in John chapter 5. And so this week, we are coming to John chapter 6. Now, our our it's the famous section where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Mm. So Pastor Brandon, mm -hmm. what's your favorite kind of bread? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I feel like the easy answer is Jesus. But um, I have to say, ultimately, whatever's in front of me, but also a second choice. Uh, I don't know if it counts, but you know the Monte Cristo sandwiches? I do. Where it seems like it's like French toast is the the bottom and top. So I... You know, I'm, I'm just craving a Monte Cristo right I, now. So. I am too. You know, I, I was just visiting my brother in Nebraska recently, and we got the best Monte Cristo I've ever mm. had. It was like a Runza Monte Cristo, like a cabbage roll Monte Cristo style, but the bread was pancake dough. Oh. And it was all deep fried. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah. Let's do a food podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, we are kind of actually because we're talking about Jesus, the bread of life. Mm. But let me tell you, listeners, this is a crazy text. Mm -hmm. But some things have happened before our text because our preaching text this week, because we can't pre we can't read all of chapter six because it's just way too long. But it's also way too interesting. Um, a couple things have happened, really important things. First of all, at the beginning of chapter 6, Jesus leaves Jerusalem. Again, you remember we talk about the difference between when he's in Jerusalem, he's kind of getting in the face of the people mm -hmm. and the religious leaders. And then when he goes up to Galilee, he's showing the light of what the gospel really is. And so we're back up in Galilee, up in the north, in the Nord country, don't you know, up there <laughs> where the fishermen are in the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is on the seashore, and thousands of people have flocked to him, mm -hmm. 5,000 men mm -hmm. plus women and children. I mean, there could have been 10,000 people in this crowd. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, hey, let's feed them. <laughs> and his <laughs> disciples are like, what? And, they, and so Andrew, he's, he finds this boy who has five little barley loaves and two little fish, probably like sardines. And he's like, Jesus, uh, I got this kid's lunch, but how's that going to feed everybody? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, yeah, I can work with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and next thing you know, everybody's eating, partying, mm -hmm. laughing, and there's 12 baskets of bread left the, over. There's leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. We're not preaching on that text, though. But no. it's important <laughs> to know that that just happened. Yeah. And then those people are so excited about this bread maker that they want to make him king. 
They mm-hmm. want to force him, like march him into Jerusalem, make him king. And he's like, Jesus is like, no, we're not going to do that. So he hides out on a mountain. And his disciples leave without him and go on a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee. They're heading towards Capernaum, which is his, like his headquarters. And this big storm kicks up. And they're freaking out. They are seasoned fishermen. And they're still scared. Must have been a bad storm. Mm-hmm. And Jesus walks across the water. <laughs> and all he says is, I am. Don't be afraid. And then and what's interesting in John's account of this story, it doesn't say he calms the waves. It doesn't say he climbs in the boat. Peter doesn't get out of the boat. It just says, and immediately they were on the other side. It's like, boom, he just gets him to the other side. I, maybe John was just bored of the story and he just wanted to like fast forward to the good part. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a fascinating story. And it's so important to know that these two things happen just before our text for this week. Because the next thing we see is that Jesus is in a synagogue. And one more thing, throughout the Gospel of John, all of these stories are set in the context of one of the Jewish festivals. And we see in the beginning in John chapter 6, verse 4, that this is a Passover festival. Mm. Which, Pastor Brandon, what does the Passover remind us of? What are they celebrating? Yes. Well, that's when the angel of death passed over the houses of Israelites who put the blood of the lamb over their doorways when they were enslaved in Egypt. That was the kind of the final plague. And then, then the Israelites were ran, ran for it. They ran for it into the wilderness <laughs> where God provided manna, yeah, bread from heaven. Yeah. And I will, I'll say, you know, one thing just to point out, because this past weekend we talked about uh, Jesus in the at the temple and in Jerusalem. And so just to note that today he's in the synagogue, which, you know, synagogues were kind of all over the place. And you could go to the synagogue for teaching, um, for prayer, for, you know, for like gathering spaces. So the synagogues is different than the temple because, you know, when Jesus goes into the temple, he's got his dukes up ready for a fight. Yeah. Whereas the synagogue is more to teach. Yeah, absolutely. He's here to teach. <laughs> and boy, does he. Okay, so let's read. We're going to do this in three chunks. Pastor Brandon, please read John 6, 35 to 40. You got it. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. All right, Pastor Brandon, what jumps out at you there? Yep. Uh, so all of it, but so for, first and foremost, you know, this is one of the, I am sayings and that's the theme of our worship service. I am the bread of life. And so I'm hearing a little bit of a connection to Jesus and the Samaritan woman, you know, that he, Jesus is the living water and now he's connecting himself to, I am the bread of life. And so I'm thinking, well, why did he choose bread? Um, and you know, remembering that it was such a staple of sustenance of nourishment for people. Uh, I mean, it still is, but uh, especially in the first century, uh, without without bread, you could die. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty important. Bread and water. I'm still thinking about the Monte Cristo. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right. So we've got, yeah, that's great. So this is the baseline, right? Like I'm your staple. Because it's not just bread. He talks about bread and water. And mm. it's like, I, I'm the food that you need. And then something that jumps out for me in this is like, th- this is Jesus is is establishing his main point. And then we get into a fight, which is how John also does things. He, he does something big. Then they have this discourse about it, and then we we hear what the gospel is. And so the other thing that Jesus is establishing here is that he's doing the will of his Father. Hmm. So he's connecting, again, that he is the Son of God, that it's about relationship between Jesus and God, who he calls Daddy, Abba, and that it's he's doing what God wants him to do. That this isn't Jesus just going around making stuff up, but that he is totally in sync with what God is doing in the world. So that's mm-hmm. really important. All right, let's let's yeah. continue. Well, and it's it's blasphemy to claim that yeah. you're the son of God, yeah. uh, unless you really are. Yeah, unless you really are. And yeah. that's what we saw last week, <laughs> that that's why they got so riled up is yeah. because he's like, I'm doing my father's work. So you got to remember, listeners, that like each of these stories is like – telling the same basic thing about Jesus, but just from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Son of God, in relationship with God, he's bread, he's life, he's water, he's the the word made flesh. And we're just coming at it again and again and yeah. again, slightly yeah. different nuance. Yeah, and that, so the eternal life sticks out to me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there's a wonderful connection between this, Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, connecting that to the feeding of the over 5,000 people. Absolutely. Where this bread has leftovers. Right, is in that we remember in John's gospel, well, we remember, period, that God desires life, uh, not just life, but abundant life. Not just abundant life, but eternal life. So, I mean, there's a huge connection to um, having leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the abundance all the way back to the first sign of the water to wine. It's like they left the bass for last and it was six huge jugs of it. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is, God is abundant yeah. life. I can get on board with these food signs. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. John knew what he was talking about. Okay. Let's read 41 to 51. We got a lot more to read here. We do. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Whoa. All right, what jumps out at you? You know, not so hungry for that Monte Cristo anymore, now that I know that we're talking about eating Jesus. Um, (laughs) We're going to get that in the third section. We're going to get to that. (laughs) But, um, you, you know, this just beautiful connection to Jesus being the, 
connecting to the manna that came down from heaven. So we remember, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, we remember all the way back to the Israelites when God frees them from slavery in Egypt and they're wandering in the wilderness and they're dying because they don't have anything to eat. And then God provides for them manna that falls from heaven. And Jesus saying, you know, I am that bread of life that came down from heaven. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, as I was studying this text this week, something really jumped out at me. In verse 45, Jesus says, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Mm. And what I was dwelling on this week is that, you know, he says, you, you, Your ancestors ate the manna and they died. Like, that was really good that God provided their physical needs for them because that's how God rolls. And you, religious leaders, you are so fixated on the scriptural text of that story that you've forgotten that you're actually in relationship with the living God who provided that manna. And what God is offering you right now is a relationship with God. Like you can be taught directly by God. You don't need the intermediaries. You don't need all of this religion that you have built around yourself. That's the beautiful thing. And that's always been the intention, like walking with with God in the garden. Yeah. And uh, it's just huge. But we we have one. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I have a big question, Pastor yeah. Steve. Um, because Jesus says, whoever believes has eternal life. Yeah. So how do we how do we do that? How do we believe? What does that mean? What's the formula? <laughs> the formula? Oh man, don't get me started. But the we got to go back to the definition of that word believe, right? Mm-hmm. That the word in the Greek word in the text is pistuo, which means more so it means to trust. Like mm-hmm. the the reality is that God loves you, that mm-hmm. God is the giver of life, is the abundance. And if I mean you already have this, mm. but if you don't trust it mm. and you live your life as if you live in scarcity and you have to be afraid of everybody, then that's how you're going to roll. But if you trust that God has you, it's that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I, I think of, uh, and we'll probably, maybe we'll get to this if I stop talking, but, um, you know, when people come forward for communion, yeah. Uh, you know, that's just one image, but this, the simple act of holding your hands out to receive that wafer, it, whether it's gluten-free or not, or yeah. gluten-full, you know, putting your hands out um, it is an act saying, you know, I don't know everything, but I know for sure this is for me. Yep. And um, and it's it's something that I need. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, in th- this this metaphor of the relationship between a child and a parent, like because Jesus keeps going back to my father, mm. my father, my father, and Jesus says in other places in John, if you remain in me, and we're going to get to this, you know, you eat my body, you drink my blood, um, is you are a child of God. Yeah. Right. Like my children. There's nothing that can stop you from being a child of your parent. Mm. But you can actually pretend that you aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You can reject your parents. You can rebel and turn away. Mm. But that will never stop you from being your your 
parent's child mm-hmm. and all it takes is to go i need i need i need bread mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. it, and so that that image that you you y'all can't see this but pastor brandon had his hands out like the cradle you know it's just like i trust that this is my life mm-hmm. and so it's just beautiful okay finish us off read 52 to yes. 56 this is where it gets great because oh boy kind of buckle up everybody your, your children i hope wouldn't eat you but um <laughs> this is verse 52 and onward The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Woo! All right, explain that to me, Pastor Brandon. I was going to ask you the same thing. I think we're definitely not, or maybe we are, talking about our favorite bread. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what. So I have not watched this, and I don't recommend watching it, but some I've heard people talk about that show, Midnight Mass. Have you heard mm-hmm. about that? It's oh, great. Oh, have you watched it's it? It's awesome. Oh, they took this literally. It's they a did. horror movie. It is, yeah. And they take this literally like you you need to eat bodies, like yeah. cannibalism. Which I think, pa- so Pastor Megan's preaching about this, and I think kind of the, the core of her sermon is, you know, we as, you know, Christians, as Easter Lutheran Church, we are part of the body of Christ. And so I think actually during the sermon, there's a point where she'll have us take off our masks and bite each other. I think that will be awesome. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. For those of you who don't know Pastor Brandon, he's totally kidding. Um, and, so, you know, who who knows who's listening to our podcast. But uh, they probably aren't listening anymore. But the point. <laughs> The point, though, is is really important that uh, a couple things. First of all, for 2,000 years, uh, Christians have debated the meaning of this and the interpretation of this. And, of course, the most basic way that Christians have embodied this teaching is through the practice of communion, of Holy Communion, where we literally take bread and wine and eat it. And what's really interesting about the Gospel of John is that that scene of Jesus eating the Last Supper and him saying these words are not in the Gospel of John. Mm. It is here in this synagogue in Capernaum where he speaks these radical words about my body and my blood. You need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And in the Last Supper in the Gospel of John, he does all of his amazing teaching, but he never talks about this. It's just so it's just so interesting, um, which to me indicates that we weren't supposed to follow a ritual. That wasn't the point. The point is to actually be the body and blood of Jesus Christ in the world. Mm-hmm. Participation in what God is doing in the world for the life of the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What do you think about that? Is that what Jesus is talking about? I sure hope so. Um, <laughs> well, and I was going to say, you know, to put it another way, uh, this is really neat. Uh, Methodist theologian Jamie Clark Solis, she says, uh, remember that you are what you eat. And so when we say you, when you come forward for communion, you are receiving God's, you know, this 
beautiful relationship with God, this connection to God, you're also receiving God's forgiveness, grace, love, and mercy. And so you are what you eat. You receive these gifts, and then you go and be these gifts. You go and be the body of Christ in the world, God's love and mercy and forgiveness and grace. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. You are what you eat, and you are who you eat with. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Because I think about the family table, and again, going back to this parent-child relationship, as I was growing up and as I was raising my children, family dinner was a huge part of our family. And when you eat together, you, like, you literally start sharing the same, I mean, we share the same DNA because, you know, they're my biological children, but also we're eating the same food. So it's, producing the same kind of byproducts in us. And we're talking about the same things and we're just sharing like this whole idea of table fellowship, eating together. It's more than just this empty ritual of doing something. It's about being the family of God, which includes everybody and all are welcome. And it's about life and abundance and food and water and, and flesh and blood, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, erase those cannibalism pictures from your mind and think more about, uh, I have my, uh, my family genetics, right? Like this is how mm-hmm. we roll. We love everyone. We love our neighbors as ourselves, and we give our lives mm-hmm. for those who, who need it. Any last thoughts, Pastor Brandon? Yeah, I think, well, you know, there's that hymn, Taste and See That the Lord is Good. Um, just remember, we're not, you know, talking about eating each other, but what does it mean to, you know, to taste and see means to experience God's love and grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And I think also it's probably time for you and I to go get some sandwiches for lunch. Oh, yeah. It's some bread of life on so many levels. Well, dear listeners, uh, this is such a rich text. We could talk for uh, three more hours, but we're not going to. I hope that you will dive into this text, that you will listen to worship, that you will sit at the table with others and just enjoy the abundant life of God and love of God with each other. Because that's what we're trying to do here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry carry on the work of Jesus Christ. May the road rise on.